In today's show, let's recap some more moves in free agency. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This is going to be the last show that I do on NBA free agency because um, we had some signings over the weekend. If any big trades or any anything, well, can't be really any big signings left unless we're talking about Dennis Schroeder, who still hasn't signed anywhere. If anything like that goes down, any big trades go down, we'll do separate shows. But this is basically it for free agency with some moves that do have an impact over the weekend. From tomorrow, we move more into fantasy preparation. Tomorrow's show will be how to set up a league, discussing settings, the pros and cons of each settings, which is really important for those of you who are getting into fantasy, first-time commissioners, long-time commissioners. We'll talk about all the different settings that you can use, and then we'll talk into ways to dominate snake drafts, ways to play auction drafts, get into fourth-year players, third-year breakouts, second-year guys, rookie evaluations, Team previews, mock drafts, positional tiers, all of the, all of the stuff that you guys like. I think this year we're going to do just the most content ever. There's going to be more mock drafts than ever. I am planning on 10 plus mock drafts. We are going to do team previews, but in a different way, which we didn't get to do last year at all. We're going to have positional tiers. We're going to have um, auction strategy. So much stuff for you guys on the channel this year, and I hope you're pumped for it. Um I don't know what else we need to talk about before we get into talking about these free agency moves. But yeah, it is going to be, and I'm still, you know, the schedule's still coming together of what I'm going to do with content, but there's going to be lots of it. Um, more than ever, you're going to have so many mock drafts, you're not going to know what to do with them. And uh, yeah, in the middle of doing projections for Basketball Monster at the moment, and hopefully we can get that. Hopefully we can get it all open for you before the start of September. I am plowing through all of those uh, projections to try and get stuff as, uh, as good as we can before the uh, uh, drafting season kicks off. Let's talk free agency now um, because, again, there were some moves that did go down over the last couple of days. Let's uh, let's start in Toronto because Ken Birch is back. Birch is 29 years of age, which I think some people would be a little bit surprised to hear. He's 29 and he signed a three-year, $20 million deal. Now, Birch was soldish, I guess, in Orlando. I guess that's the fair way of saying that. Went to Toronto where they had a big need of a center and played pretty well. There is going to be an element of overdrafting him, I think, in fantasy next year because they're going to look at what he did towards the end of last season and be a little bit, um, I don't know what the right term is, over overawed or over over exaggerating some of the points and rebounds numbers he put up. He does lack in a lot of areas. And yes, Pascal Siakam will not be ready to start the season, so he's going to get opportunities. But Boucher is still going to be there, um, and they're going to be splitting the center minutes. But Precious Achua is also there, and I think he'll get somewhat of a look. So look, if we look at what you know, Birch did to end the season, there was a, a nice string of double-digit scoring games. There were a couple of games with a good block, some okay rebounds, some solid efficiency. Like good numbers for a back-end center. But if we once we get Siakam back, the fact that Scotty Barnes is around, 
You have Ananobi and Siakam and Barnes playing the three and the four, which limits Boucher's time at the four. And then if you have Archer in that mix as well, I'm not sure that Birch is going to be this excellent, unbelievable late round fantasy steal type guy. He's interesting enough yet, and I haven't projected the Raptors fully out yet, but I wouldn't say that this is you know, awesome for, for your know, fantasy. It's this great win, massive, massive stuff. For example, over the last 13 games of last year, he played 33 minutes a night. He averaged 13 and 8 with a block and a steal with a true shooting of 60, 57 from the field. Yeah, they're good numbers. That's 85th ranked player in that time frame. It's, 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 it's all right, but it's 33 minutes, and I don't really expect Ken Birch to play 33 minutes a night. 25, 26, yeah, that's probably more realistic, I, I would think, over that time. Yeah, that's but that's yeah, that's how I'm viewing that. Anyway, if you are watching this on YouTube, I'm trying something different. I have dimmed all my lights in the background. Let me know if you compare this to say the last video they put out. Do you prefer this type of presentation with the darker background versus what I've had in the past? Just let me know what you think of it. Anyway, let's go on to the next signing, and that is one that is uh, yeah, your mate Alfred Payton. Starting point guard from the Knicks last year that started for way too long until Tom Thibodeau realized. I don't know why it took Tom Thibodeau you know, three playoff games to realize that Alfred Payton should have been his starting point guard. Or maybe it was two. I don't remember the exact number. But he should have been out of the rotation from about December onwards. Um, now he moves to Phoenix to be the third string point guard, which is totally fine behind Payne, behind uh, Chris Paul, obviously. And then, um, yeah, he's, a, he's sort of a break glass in case of emergency guy whose value has really, really fallen off Peyton. One-year veteran min- minimum deal. He's still only 27, but he is not going to be any sort of impactful guy. He was trash last season. He was pretty trash the year before that, and he has really no sort of um, no sort of fantasy value. Now, I know you guys love fantasy sports because you listen to this podcast, but I've got to tell you about a new fantasy sports, daily fantasy sports site. Did you know that 85% of people who play DFS lose? Is that surprising? Maybe not. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts. Maybe there's some experts listening to this. They have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Different type of DFS. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head matchup. So Stat Hero goes, here's my lineup. You create yours and you go up against them, but you know what you're working with. It's sort of almost like blackjack and a dealer where you can see what number they've got and they've got to, you've got to decide hit or, or, or hold, whatever it is. I can't remember the blackjack terms. Anyway. You name your stakes, winner, take all. You have that advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. So you're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it is meant to be one on one. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Okay, the next signing is one that is important from a fantasy perspective because Kelly Oubre Jr has joined the Charlotte Hornets. Now, Oubre was one of those players whose market completely dried up. Now, you know that I am not as high on Kelly Oubre as many other people are. I think that his shooting is questionable. I think that some of his numbers where he put up in Phoenix was because he was getting getting too much of the ball and too much playing time in that last year where he was playing ahead of McCall Bridges, which was insanity to me, and the shooting really fell off. Now, I do not believe that Kelly Oubre is as bad as he was with Golden State last year. He is not that bad. He's also not as good, I think, as what he was in Phoenix. Last year, his three-point numbers were horrific to begin the year, but they did start to improve. He lost complete confidence, and you can see that in his free-throw numbers. And this is, while it is two years, 26 million here for him on the Hornets, I believe it's only 5 million guaranteed in the second year. So there's a chance that if it doesn't work out, 
he's in real trouble. He's waived again. And then I don't know how he gets that money. But he goes into a situation where I'm not convinced that Kelly Oubre is going to be a must-draft player because the Hornets will start LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Gordon Haywood, PJ Washington, and Mason Plumley would be my guess. So that leaves both Miles Bridges and Kelly Oubre coming off the bench. And at this point, Miles Bridges is a better player than Kelly Oubre. So what minutes do Oubre, does Oubre get? He, he can't push 30. There's no way that. Now, he can play at the two for sure. He can play a little bit at the three. He will be better than, say, a James Booknight, Cody Martin. They've waived Caleb Martin, Jalen McDaniels as well. They also somehow, which I didn't see happen, they brought in Wezawundu in the trade for um, uh, well, the trade for Devontae Graham. He was part of that trade, which wasn't reported initially. But Ubre, uh, I think, yeah, 27-minute-a-night role is a possibility for him. But he does have to compete with Bridges and Haywood and that for touches. And he will get more minutes than Book Knight, would be my guess. And maybe he's a late-round guy. But I wouldn't be expecting him to uh, gather back all of that value that he did have in Phoenix during that one really, really strong season where he was the what ninth or 59th-ranked player, averaging 19 points in 35 minutes a game. I'd look for maybe more what he did in 18-19 where he was 91st in fantasy. He played 28 minutes. He did have a 23 usage that year and averaged 15 points with 1.2 steals and a block. So there is still some later round value, but if you're looking at him as a top 70 guy, you're going to be wrong, I think. But 100, 110 type of area with Haywood maybe getting injured with the chance that, say, Washington plays more at center if Plumlee can't cut it. And Washington's going to be the primary backup center there, I'd imagine. And you'll have some lineups where you get Ubre, Haywood, Bridges, Washington all playing together alongside Lamello. So some interesting moves Charlotte's making. They're, they're pretty deep. Now, like their bench, Bridges, Ubre, Ishmith, Book Knight, and then you throw a Cody Martin in there as well. There's some depth there with a solid starting line. They are very much in the play-in mix, if not the full playoff mix, I think, uh, with Charlotte. Really, really good from them to just start to consolidate around Lamello Ball. The Miami Heat bring in Omer, Omer yet seven. 23-year-old Turkish center who was with the Heat at times last season but really blew up in Summer League in those two Utah Summer League games. And I am going to talk about Summer League in this podcast in the coming weeks. There's no point me reacting every single day, and there are going to be plenty of wild overreactions. Man, Scotty Barnes, absolute stud. He's going to be a dominating player because he played really well. But remember the quality of opponents we're talking about in Summer League. Obi Toppin, what a huge game. He will still play 15 minutes a night for Tom Thibodeau. Like... These are from the first two games. But it is important to see players who should dominate, like Barnes, like Quickly, like Toppin, um, like Evan Mobley, who looks great out there. Uh, currently, re- I'm recording this during that um, yeah, that Cavs game. So yeah, while it is important to note the guys that are dominating when they should dominate, yeah, this is not an indicator of regular season success. But as for Yurt Seven, who yeah, will be the third string center behind Bam Adebayo and Dwayne Dedman, in Miami, but he is a shooter. So if Deadman's shot isn't there, if the Bam and PJ Tucker front court and Markeith Morris doesn't work out, yeah, you're at seven, maybe. And we know Miami can develop players. Yeah, he, he's an interesting guy just to look at for deeper leagues, but important to note that his summer league performance in Utah was rewarded with a with a contract. Kevin Durant has signed a four-year, $198 million extension with the Brooklyn Nets. That is going to take Durant through to his age 37 season. He's got this year left, and then that's four years after that. It's obviously huge, $50 million, and paying someone $50 million at age 37 is always a scary proposition. But with the way that Durant has been able to return from his torn Achilles is ludicrous, really. He is playing at an insanely high level. 
I think we would be fair to be worried about him for fantasy next year and every year moving forward in terms of how many games he's going to miss. But I don't think it's fair to look at him and say, well, he's going to only play 40 games a year like he did this year. The worry with the hamstring is legitimate and that consistent problem and overcompensating from past Achilles problems and past foot problems and the age going up is all a legitimate problem with Durant. But he's going to be elite, you would think, again, on a per-game basis. It's just trying to work out where you take that risk on him or with James Harden or with Kyrie Irving in that, or with Joel Embiid, all who are guys are probably going to be top eight type players, top 10 type players at worst on a per game basis. But how do you work that out on a uh, on a totals value for the year? It is really tough to do with so many of those guys with concerns um, around their injuries. But huge contract, great to see Durant extending what that means for Kyrie and I don't know why I said his name like that, for Kyrie and for James Harden, who are both extension eligible as well. I talked with um, Adam Armbrecht of Locked On Nets on today's Locked On NBA podcast about those guys signing extensions. I do think it will come with those guys in the coming weeks, but that'll be something to monitor as well because they have player options for next year and so they can opt out and become free agents if they don't sign these extensions. The Clippers made a number of moves. Justice Winslow, 25-year-old small forward, comes in on a two-year deal. I would assume it's a minimum deal with a non-guarantee on that second year. He has been injury-prone and been bad when he has played. The Clippers obviously have a gigantic hole. Giggity! On the wing with Kawhi Leonard likely to miss all of the regular season. I wouldn't be banking on Winslow to fill that hole. Definitely not fill the hole with um, what Leonard was doing. But he is an interesting player to keep an eye on. They brought back Nick Batum. We know that. I think they will be looking to start Terrence Mann and push Paul George to the three. So that'll mean Mann, Canard will get minutes. They're really deep. Now, Justice Winslow, will Winslow even be in the rotation? I guess that's the question. Because there is potential with Winslow to be a ball handler, but they have got three point guards who will want to be in the rotation. Reggie Jackson, Rajon Rondo, Patrick Beverly. Paul George is going to handle it a ton. Luke Canard can handle the ball. Terrence Mann can handle the ball. So Winslow needs to be played on ball, and he just won't be. So I'm not even sure he's a regular season part of the rotation every night. You could say that he plays at the three or four, but Batum, Marcus Morris, Paul George, they're going to handle the bulk of those minutes, I would I would expect. So it is very, very intriguing to see what they do and how that works. Winslow, he's a name to watch, but the horrible shooting, the lack of ball in his hands... The lack of minutes and the injury proneness probably makes him not a draftable fantasy player. I don't think this next guy is a draftable fantasy player either. And that is... I'm a fun guy. (laughs) Kawhi has a partial tear of his ACL, which occurred in, was it late June, early July? I do not think he plays in the regular season much at all. He might come back in April. Maybe it's in March. And you could say, well, you just draft and stash him and put him in your IR list, but... There's going to be COVID protocol stuff this season still with the surge in, in Delta spikes in the US at the moment. Um, the Those guys will come back quicker because majority of players are vaccinated. But this we saw today, there's a summer league game being postponed due to contract tracing. So you're going to have some weird stuff still go on this year. It's not We're not going to be free from COVID from, for the NBA season. Um, and you're going to need those injured reserve slots. So really hard for me to hold on to Kawhi, draft him, and hope he comes back and then plays half the games at 26 minutes for a month. I don't think that's going to be worth it. We don't. He's committed to the Clippers to re-sign. We don't know for how long or for what terms. Is it a one plus one max deal? Is it a five-year max deal? We have literally no idea. 
where he sits in terms of his contract because it just hasn't been reported. And unless something wild goes on and he has a last-minute change of heart and changes teams, he will be with the Clippers. But whether we see him this year, I would be highly, highly doubtful highly, highly doubtful that Kawhi plays uh, at all any meaningful chunk of this regular season. If you want to talk chunks, though, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar you can find. Not only are Built Bars delicious, because they are, but they're also good for you. Built Bar has nine delicious regular flavors, including coconut, raspberry, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. They also bring out temporary flavors, limited time flavors, lemon almond cheesecake. That's one you always want to watch for. White chocolate raspberry cheesecake. That's brilliant. Um, The grasshopper cookie flavor, fantastic. And when those come out, make sure you get them. If you don't know what your favorite flavor is, get a mixed box. Nine flavors, two bars each, 18 bars total, and you get to find out which one is the goat of all Built Bar flavors. But they're not only great tasting, they're healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, and only four to five grams of sugar with four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the US track and field team. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing and you can track all of that action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, Summer League, PGA Golf, and all of your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today by using our promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Let's go through the next signing, and that's another Clippers one. Reggie Jackson, two years, $22 million. Jackson's a 31-year-old point guard, and while he's been coming off the bench for most of his time for the Clippers, in the playoffs, he was inserted into the starting lineup, and I am pretty confident, I'm not 100%, but I think he will start opening night as their starting point guard with Patrick Beverly off the bench. I don't know what that means for Rondo, whether he's a part of the rotation as well. I would imagine he isn't. The Clippers' rotation's a tough one to figure out. I think they start Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Ivica Zubats. And that means that Nick Batum comes off the bench. It means Serge Ibaka's off the bench. Patrick Beverly's off the bench. Luke Kennard's off the bench. And then do you run Beverly, Kennard, Rondo as the bench guys? I don't think Rondo would really fit in there. Is it Justice Winslow that gets in? Is it Keon Johnson that gets in? Yeah, that, that 10th rotation spot is really interesting. Maybe it is Rondo. They play Beverly off ball, but a Rondo-Beverly combination is not great. So there's still a little bit of a hole there of what they do, but it is interesting. I, I think Jackson starts. I think he might plays more than the 24 minutes a night that he played last season, and I think he can be a decent enough back-end guy. He shot an amazing percentage from three last year. It was like 44% or something. His usage is going to go up without Kawhi, for sure. He is in that starting lineup, the guy, along with Marcus Morris, the guys who are going to see that big increase in their usage, I believe. And he can be a late round draftable guy. He's not going to be this high assist player. He's always been horrendous at steals, but hitting his threes, good percentages, good free throws, solid scoring. He's going to be at least worth looking at, I think, towards the back end of drafts. Andre Iguodala goes back to Golden State for a one-year veteran minimum deal. And that's really veteran. He's 37 years of age, Iguodala. Iguodala is not a fantasy option under any stretch or use of that term. Will he play every night? I don't know. He looked pretty bad in Miami for most of last season. 
Obviously, he's a key part of Golden State culture. It's good having a veteran around. It means that the minutes for um, Jonathan Kaminga are going to be really low. And for uh, yeah, Moses Moody, he's probably going to be pretty low too. When you look at Moody, 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 Moses Moody. Iguodala probably also has an impact on, say, a Juan Toscano-Anderson and a Nemanja Bielitsa, who play that 3-4 sort of role. So how that rotation works out, and they're pretty deep as well. They're not going to have Clay Thompson to begin this season, would be my guess. But their bench, you're going to have uh, Kavon Looney, you, most likely, or unless they start Looney over Wiseman. You're going to have Moody, Toscano-Anderson, Lee Bielitsa, Iguodala, Kaminga, all those guys battling for playing time uh, on that bench unit. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't consider Iguodala a big part of that. Now, this next trade, I think, does have some fantasy impact, and it was a trade that went down, and I've just realized that I spelled Grayson Allen's name wrong on the graphic, which is embarrassing. Um, Grayson Allen goes to the Milwaukee Bucks in exchange for Sam Merrill and two second-round picks. Allen can really help the Bucks, sort of taking on that Bryn Forbes role coming off the bench, and that is absolutely a role that he is suited to. The role that Taylor Jenkins was making him play in Memphis was ludicrous. And I feel like, I hope that's what happened, that Zach Kleiman just said, Taylor, he said it, kids, cover your ears. He said to Taylor, Taylor, stop fucking playing Grayson Allen. And Taylor went, nah, fuck you. I'm going to play him. And that kept happening. And Zach Kleiman just ended up going, well, you know what, Taylor? He's out of here. Grayson, we will see you all the way later. So what this does, now I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. Hopes up. But it does open up playing time for Fantasy Beast, advanced analytics darling, actual real-life good player that teams don't seem to realize is an actual real-life good player, the wave pool DeAnthony Melton. I'm not going to get my hopes up that he's going to play 30 minutes a night because Desmond Bain is still there. Dylan Brooksy Brooks is still there. But it does at least help Melton have an extra chance at those minutes. Now, I at the moment, Eric Bledsoe is still on this team. So I have no idea what to expect about what this rotation looks like with Bledsoe there. And Bledsoe being there doesn't help Melton at all. But there is, and you know, if we're drafting Melton, it won't be until last pick or second last pick. But there is an opening up of value for him, for Bain, and for Brooks with Allen out of there. Again, the Bledsoe one is still something that is up in the air, but it is worth mentioning. Of course, Allen won't have that value in Milwaukee because he'll be coming off the bench behind Chris Middleton. Um, with Drew Holiday in that uh, in that backcourt as well, they just he's not going to have. He's not going to have that ability to play the minutes that he did in um, uh, in Memphis, which is good. The Bulls bring back Javante Green. The Bulls rotation very, very far from being set. Um, they still need a lot of players. I don't know why they would bother with Javante Green, to be honest. Uh, Two-year deal for him, likely veteran minimum, but we don't have details on it. He's 28. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's really an NBA rotation caliber player, to be honest, but they uh, they brought him back for whatever reason. And he's there, and with how limited their rotation is, maybe he plays. But it's not really any sort of fantasy impact. DeAndre Bembry, he goes to Brooklyn on a one-year veteran veteran minimum deal. Um, yeah, that, that that's fine. Bembry played you know, some okay games last year for Toronto. He sort of slots in. I don't even know if he's an every-night player in Brooklyn. You got Bruce Brown, the Shark, probably coming off the bench. They brought Patty Mills in. You got James Johnson, Javon Carter in that backcourt as well. Yeah, Bembry, yeah, by my calculations, is probably going to be the twelfth or eleventh guy in that rotation. Could easily jump ahead of Javon Carter, but we know they're going to have injuries and he's going to have opportunities there. But yeah, fantasy wise, it's not going to be any sort of a impact scenario. 
And then probably the well, this is the last deal that we have confirmed at this point, and that is Billy Hernan Gomez goes back to the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I am guessing part of this is because of the potential legal problems for Jackson Hayes. Now, Hayes should have been able to establish himself as the backup center, especially after wasting pick eight on him a couple of years ago. But he is in some uh, he is in some legal hot water at this point, and we don't know where his what his future holds. Three years for Hernan Gomez. We don't have details on that. He'll be the backup to Jonas Valanciunas there in uh, in New Orleans. Jonas Vasilinovas. And Hernan Gomez, we know when he gets an opportunity to start, big points and rebounds guy, good field goal percentage player, and that can have fantasy value. But overall, he's just going to be a backup. Might move to third string if Hayes can get his shit together, but at this point, Hernan Gomez is the uh, is the backup center. All right, so that is all the free agency moves that have come and gone at this point. Um, we again, we'll be back tomorrow with a how to set up a fantasy league. We will do some summer league stuff, maybe the end of this week, maybe the start of next week, rather than do it every single day. We'll go through and yeah, look at more of an over overwhelming or overwhelming. That's not the right word. Uh, an overarching over, or overarching, I guess, depending on, on how you think that word should be said, uh, view of summer league and the performances of guys there. And then we're really cracking in to fantasy preview stuff. And then uh, as we hit September, we are full balls to the wall, pedal to the metal, fantasy mocks, previews, so much stuff going on. You're not going to want to miss anything. And the best way not to miss anything is subscribing to this show, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. But if you are on YouTube, give me a thumbs up, leave a comment, tell me what you think of the darker background, subscribe, notifications, all of that stuff, guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. See ya.